0: Welcome to the Your Health, Your Way podcast, the health podcast for renegades. I'm Martha, a family nurse practitioner and the creator of the website, therenegadenp.com. I have over 10 years of clinical experience helping patients heal their bodies and feel their best. I'm here to share actionable information about integrative health, nutrition, and fitness that can get you started on your journey to optimal wellness. I'm also here to answer your questions and talk with health and wellness experts. Remember that the materials and content within this podcast are intended as general information only and are not to be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Do you ever know that something stressful is coming and feel like you should be doing more to prepare for it or to mitigate some of the stress that you know you're going to experience? Today, I want to talk a little bit about preparing for stressful events. Sometimes this isn't possible because these things can just sneak up on us out of nowhere, like the entire year of 2020. But what about when you know things are going to change and you want to prepare so you can have less stress overall? Things like moving, holiday gatherings, travel, career change, or even a schedule change. Maybe even having a baby. Some of the details of what you'll need to do will be different depending on the event, but the bottom line is the same. Get everything in order in whatever areas of your life you know are going to be affected. This means looking at the areas of your life and figuring out which of those might be the most impacted, and then doing everything that you can to improve the other areas, assuming you can't just fix the things that are going to be impacted the most. So say, for example, with having a baby, there are a lot of things, a lot of areas of your life that that has a huge impact on. And probably the biggest problem area for most people is lack of sleep. So if you know you aren't going to get a lot of sleep, what else can you do in other areas of your life to make this lack of sleep have less of an impact? I don't have kids, so I don't actually know what it's like to have a baby, but I did work night shift for almost two years, and there's almost no way to feel well rested when you work night shift. So I definitely get the sleep deprivation part. Cooking is the one thing that I find always suffers when I don't have enough sleep. So if I know that I'm not going to be getting much sleep, what can I do to better prepare meals for myself and my family? So maybe that's ordering some pre-made meals to stick in the freezer or batch cooking some freezer meals or making a meal prep plan so that I don't have to think about what I'm going to cook. It's just all laid out for me. Movement is another thing that becomes challenging at times of sleep deprivation or even just during stressful times in general. So, making a plan to figure out how you're going to get movement in. Maybe that means not putting pressure on yourself to go to the gym or not having any actual athletic goals, but just focusing on getting in some form of movement daily, whether that's a walk around the block or doing 10 push ups and 10 squats while you're waiting for your dinner to cook. One other thing I found is that, and I am so guilty of this because I generally trend towards working out later in the day, so I found that trying to get your movement in earlier in the day instead of later is a way to ensure that this actually happens. Because the longer you sit around and think about getting it done, the less likely it is to get done. So if you know you've got a lot going on, making that time in the morning to ensure that your movement or your workout gets done but also so that you're not distracted all day thinking about how you're going to get that in. And honestly, the biggest thing is just making the things that are a priority into habits before the stress happens, if possible. Because then, just like you always brush your teeth before you go to bed, because it's a lifelong habit, you'll just naturally get the things done without thinking about them. Funny story, I have unintentionally created a very long morning habit of drinking my coffee and reading a book for like two hours every morning. There is absolutely nothing wrong with this other than the fact that I didn't actually intend to create this habit. And now it's really hard to motivate my body and my brain to do anything other than sit on the couch for two hours every morning and read with a cup of coffee. So definitely being aware of that kind of stuff is important too. You don't want to unintentionally create habits that aren't serving you. Fortunately, this isn't something that I necessarily this morning habit of mine isn't something that I necessarily need to change, but I used to be really productive in the morning and then it seemed like all of a sudden I wasn't anymore and I couldn't figure out why and it turns out it's because I accidentally trained myself to have a very relaxing morning every morning. Another thing that you can do is to make sure that you have a solid mindfulness or meditation practice in place before you enter your period of stress. This could be as simple as spending a few minutes practicing deep breathing first thing in the morning and again before bed, or you could start meditating or even just doing some gentle yoga in the morning and evenings. If you need a resource to get started with meditation, I highly recommend the book Stress Less, Accomplish More by Emily Fletcher. I will put a link to that in the show notes, but it's a really great resource for people who have a hard time meditating or who have not had success with other methods of meditation. Specifically related to holiday events or gatherings that might be stressful because there are people there that you don't necessarily have the best relationship with or who say things or treat you in a way that stresses you out, this might be a good time to go back and listen to the last part of last week's episode where I talked about boundaries. Because preparing yourself for a stressful event in this case means preparing to set boundaries. And yes, that might add to your stress initially, but once you get those conversations out of the way and set appropriate expectations and boundaries, you will have less stress around those types of events moving forward kind of related to this is how do you know if you're actually stressed? Because I think a lot of people misunderstand the idea of being busy and being stressed. You can definitely find those things together because being busy can make you stressed, but it's also important to know if there is a difference between the two. I have a blog post where I talk a little bit about this, which I will also link in the show notes, but a lot of the time people are using busy to avoid dealing with their stressors directly, which can be problematic on a lot of levels. So one of the things that you can do to figure out if you're stressed or busy or busy because you're avoiding your stressors is to schedule some downtime and see how that goes. If you absolutely can't stand to be alone with your thoughts and have some unstructured time, you're probably avoiding dealing with your stressors and you're not actually busy or you're using being busy as an excuse to not deal with them. There are a couple of physical indicators that can help you in this area too. So how are you sleeping? If your sleep is crap, you're probably stressed. Or if your sleep has changed in any way, you're also probably stressed. So say you now wake up at 3 a.m. most nights and have a hard time getting back to sleep, but you've never had this issue before. That's probably stress. It could be other things too, but stress is the most likely culprit. Stress also affects your thyroid. There's some research indicating that your basal body temperature accurately reflects your thyroid function. So taking your temperature in the morning and looking for trends over time can be helpful in determining when your body is feeling stressed. But note that for women, there is a natural pattern of basal body temperature changes throughout your cycle. So if you're not using it to track your cycle, then you'll want to use the average over a week or so to track trends. So if your temperature starts to trend colder in the mornings, and that's on more than just one occasion, then your body is likely feeling stress and it is affecting your thyroid. But this is not diagnostic necessarily, and there are many places the stress could be coming from. So stress from caloric restriction can also cause this to happen, as well as psychological stress. Because remember that your body does not distinguish between where the stress is coming from. So on a physiologic level, caloric restriction stress Exercise stress, psychological stress, you know, survival stress, running away from a bear, those are all interpreted the same by your body. Another indicator is body composition that isn't necessarily cooperating. Now, I don't mean if you don't have the body composition that you want and you're not doing anything about it. That's a totally different situation. What I mean is if you've been working out and tracking your food or however you manage that and your body is not responding. Again, this is only a small part of a more complex problem, but stress can create weight loss resistance due to increased cortisol. You can also look at your recovery time from harder workouts. If it takes you three or more days to recover, then you're probably dealing with some excessive stress, but if it's just a day or two, then you might not be so stressed. This is a pretty subjective measure and it's not an exact science, but it's a good way to learn how to listen to what your body is saying to you. Okay, so you can do all the preparation for stressful things, but what about daily or more short-term so-called stress relief practices? Do those really work? Is there a benefit to feeling zen for a few minutes if you're just going to go back to being full speed ahead and continue to be immersed in a stressful lifestyle? And no judgment here, especially not in the current state of things for your life being stressful. I think that we should all be doing everything that we can not to live in a permanently stressed out state, But if the idea of trying to make that happen stresses you out, then your focus should be on managing the stress the best you can. You shouldn't be stressed out about your stress relief. That doesn't help anything. So do short-term stress relief practices do any good if you're still stressed out when you're done with them? My answer is yes, I absolutely think that they do. I think they serve two purposes. One, I think they build up your body's resilience to stress, though some practices are better than others at this. And I think that they serve as a little break throughout the day to bring your cortisol down and to give your body a break. It's not ideal that you flip right back into that state of stress after you do whatever practice we're talking about here. But if that's how things are happening, I think that you still get a benefit from the little break that you did get. So while it might seem like taking a bath, getting a massage, meditating, deep breathing, or whatever you're doing for short-term stress management doesn't really help in the long-term, what it does do is train your brain to calm down. So when you're stressed out because you're in traffic and you need to get somewhere on time or whatever, you can consciously shift your brain back into that calmer state. So because you've been practicing that through meditation or that really relaxed feeling you get when you get a massage, you're actually able to to consciously tell your brain to calm down and go back into that calm state. It's kind of like the opposite of the adaptations your body makes when you exercise. So your body adapts to the stress you put on it when you exercise and you get more fit. It's kind of the opposite of that. So your body is also able to adapt to the practice of being calm so that you can call on that when you recognize that you're stressed and you need to calm down for a minute. So eventually with enough practice, and I don't think that this happens unintentionally or without being intentional about it, you can become less reactive throughout the day. But you have to remind yourself to go into that state or use those practices that you've been practicing to bring that state about. It's also possible, going back to that conversation about being busy versus being stressed, it's possible to be busy without being stressed. But that's more of a mindset thing too. So if you're in a rush to get things done before a deadline it is hard not to be stressed in that situation. But you can move from task to task very quickly and also be calm at the same time, if that makes sense. Again, the context matters. It's difficult to do that if you're pressed for a deadline. But if you have more time and you just need to move quickly throughout these tasks, you can do that calmly and not be stressed about it. So I think that's it for today. I hope that you don't have any extra stress coming your way, but I suspect that with some weird holiday situations coming, that might be wishful thinking. If you missed last week's episode, I talked about some ideas for safer but more unconventional holiday celebrations, and I talked a lot about how to set boundaries, which can also help decrease your stress, especially this time of year. So if you missed that episode, be sure to go back and listen to that one too. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode.